Well, I can feel the conversation was already flowing before. We should have had the mics up, but we have a great guest in with us this morning, Peter Hudson. Thank you so much. Obviously, representing the Liberal Party today, we have an upcoming election. Welcome. Thank you very much, Jess, for having me. It's great to be here, and I've learned so much already just from being here, having a chat to Tris, your director, and uh, you and Tan as well. It about, is a, uh, what you guys on here. It's just fantastic. Yeah, it's a great community radio station and only growing, which is what we want to mm. see, and give an opportunity for you to obviously come on here and educate us you know upcoming election we were talking before we need knowledge is power um you were saying before that this is has been a safe uh labor seat that's right yeah so brand was uh, incepted in 1984 and ever since then it's been held by labor members now currently it's uh, held by madeline king who has uh, been elected in 2016 so this is her third election running for the seat of brand Last, uh, last election, we had a really good swing towards us, near on 5%, 4.77 to be exact, which brings our margin down to 6.7, which is still considered a safe Labor seat. Yeah. But as we were talking about earlier, the best situation would be a place where we can find brand as a marginal or a swinging seat, because that's actually what will be best for the community. If both parties are actively vying for you know, the votes in this area, that means more money in the area, more jobs, and a stronger economy locally, which is exactly what I want to see. It's my whole platform, and so I really am here today to, to try and swing the support of voters in brand to let's try and make this seat more marginal. And I didn't know that. I did not know. I knew that it was a safe Labor seat, but by making it more marginal, it will mean that more interest obviously gets mm. here, mm. which means more things will happen. Um, what, do, what would you like to see happen? Well, obviously, there's a very strong national economy story that we have to tell right now. And that's all about things. We've got like 11,500 businesses eligible for the instant asset tax write-off, which, you know, you can take all the value off any assets that a business buys and claim that back on tax. We've also delivering these lower taxes for near on 70,000 taxpayers in brand, which is going to help families no end. There's a lot of things nationally going on. But locally, one thing that I am pursuing right now is the fight for the Garden Island Highway. So that's a, a reserve that's been out in Safety Bay for many, many years. And essentially, we need this. We need this road because there's going to be 8,000 sailors or workers out on Garden Island by 2040. That's part of the Morrison government's defensive plan to up, upgrade our facilities and have more defence personnel. We need to make sure that we are bringing the community with us on this. It's a, effectively a defence project, this Garden Island Highway, because it allows for greater access for the Navy personnel to access Garden Island Highway, uh, access HMAS Sterling. So there's a lot of areas around Safety Bay Road, Rockingham, Parkin Street. There's about 16,000 residents that will be affected by this road. So it's effectively going to clear local congestion. And if we can do it in a safe way that doesn't, uh, you know, impact the pristine environment we have in Lake Richmond, we're definitely uh, not trying to, to upset that environment. So we're, running a fe- we're trying to run a feasibility study. That's what I'm fighting for to, to get this... Uh, road under construction, get the jobs in there and make, th- make things easier for the locals. So on it's forward thinking you're really mm. doing. So it, how hard is that to tackle with people at the moment because they can't see mm. the development happening mm. um, now. You're thinking about in the future when it does happen exactly. and it's planned to happen, we need to already have mm. these facilities in place. Mm. So how much support have you had so far? Yeah, well, look, just as an aside, it, I think uh, politicians should really be thinking further ahead. It's yeah. not just about the next election, the next few weeks, the next three years. We're talking about a 20-year plan to, to be upgrading yeah. uh, defence infrastructure there. In terms of support, it has been 
overwhelmingly positive for me. Yes. So I've been out. I've door knocked every single house in Park and Street. I'm letterboxing like everywhere. Like a good politician exactly, should. Exactly. Talking to the locals. That's what matters. So we're out letterboxing all of Safety Bay, talking to locals about this thing. I've had people on Park and Street tell me that they've had vibration damage from ammunition trucks screaming through the roundabouts on Park and Street. Yeah. And people like 91-year-old elderly women telling me yesterday that they've woken up at 3am by uh, construction trucks going through to the island of a morning. These are things that really matter to people and the residents affected by this, uh, by this project. So uh, the support that I've received has been outstanding for the people that, uh, that, are, that I can tell about it. Yeah. Other people, it can be hard to uh, reach through uh, all the noise or the hype maybe. But uh, when I can explain to them, you need to look at this as a defence project. Yes. This is something that we're doing for a long term and we're not trying to build a highway in your backyard. I'm fighting for feasibility to determine where's okay. the best place to build, how can we build it, is it environmentally viable, which has held us up in the past, but we need to get this feasibility done urgently because we need to bring the local infrastructure with us on this defence project. So if people want to support you, how do they support you with that? Go to my Facebook page. I know every, near on everyone has Facebook, but I'm running a petition. We've got a lot of signatures already, but we're, I'm petitioning for federal funding to run this urgent feasibility, t- feasibility test. So we need to go onto my Facebook page. So I you're just you looking for email. the information mm. on how do we do this. You're mm. not saying, I want you to make the decision to do it. You're exactly. looking for the information mm. on mm. where to actually build this road. Mm. And, you know, when it comes to environment, I also want to mm. know that it's not going to impact exactly. the environment. So do I. So do I. I mean... People in Rockingham understand that Lake Richmond is a really significant uh, icon in our in our community, yes. and we obviously don't want to, you know, build a road that's going to affect that in any way. So I'm not saying I'm going to take a hundred million dollars and and build this new road right through Lake Richmond's backyard. No, we just want to run at this moment a feasibility study. It's the first step in the long process. Yeah. We need to run feasibility so that we can determine where the road can be built. Is it going to be economically and environmentally viable? And we need to have that right balance. Yes. With, we actually need to address the issue of this congestion and the demand for access to Garden Island, which is so. Is it congested now? But it mm. will be congested in the future. Yeah, yeah. So that's so. There's a there's about three to five thousand cars that will go to Garden Island each day, and it's particularly at peak hour when they're going onto base and off of base where there's an issue in terms of congestion. But there's going to be over eight thousand people working. That is more than double what we currently have. Parkin Street, if you talk to locals on that road, Parkin Street is already operating, and the council has backed this up, has already, is already operating at the upper echelon of its capacity limit. So it's, a, it's called a contributor B road, which means that they can take uh, the amount of traffic they currently are. It's operating right at the upper echelon of that, uh, of that area, and if we're going to have more people on Garden Island, then we need to upgrade the local infrastructure so that it can actually take that increased demand. Okay. So going back to the environment, mm. I, I put out um, on my Facebook page whether anyone had any questions for you. Yep. And I got three people asking the same question. Okay. And it was um, whether you um, were for the Penguin Island development. Mm, mm. So a lot of people are concerned, obviously, yeah. with the development there and the decline of penguins. Yes. Now, um, yeah, it was something like 80% of those penguins have been lost over the last 15 years. That's right. And the numbers that remain there are significantly low. Mm. Will this development aid, um, obviously, repopulation or will it, you know, obviously, will they move on or mm, mm. what will happen to the penguins? Are you for or against I am personally against the development there because uh, I, and I would actually call on Madeline King to uh, pull her colleagues into line uh, in the state government and to you know take them to task over this because it seems to me it's a silly idea. Is there a feasibility? 
feasibility study on that? Well, the the council has run a report. They all the council is is quite noteworthy. Unanimously voted against development on okay. Penguin Island, and that's if you know our council, that's actually something quite rare for them to all unanimously vote against it. Now, a tourism report has been done actually, mm. and they recommended not to develop on the island. They recommended if you're going to build a new information centre, it should be done on the mainland. That's something I okay. would look into. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, that you know continued a. Uh, uh, reporting on that, it just kind of fell away. Uh, so the residents, I've sp- I've spoken to a lot of residents on Safety Bay Road, and that's something that they really don't want because we've had over twelve hundred penguins and uh, fifteen years ago. Mm. Now there's only three hundred. Three hundred. And this tourism report indicated that there could be an adverse effect on the population of penguins if you want to go over there, pull down the information centre, and build a new one on the island. Building buildings on on that island is not an easy task, and uh, the main thing that is a uh, you know causing the decline of the penguin population is boats and foreign objects striking them in the water as they're around Penguin Island. So to be saying we're going to pull down what is a reasonably good information centre and just to build a new one just for the sake of, you know, touting, oh, we're investing in tourism is actually going to have a negative impact on the penguins. And so if the council's voted against it, the residents are against it, I would call on Madeline King to actually listen to what the community is saying and let's let's not develop further on Penguin Island or else you're just going to have an information centre saying about how nice the penguins were because there's not going to be any left. That's sad. Mm. We don't want to think about that. No. I did want to talk to you. The average age of an Australian politician Mm. is 51. You're significantly under that. Um, Are you finding it challenging to be in politics at your age? I actually find it incredibly admirable, um, but I would imagine there's certain challenges that come with being a young man in politics. Absolutely. There's a lot of polarisation about age in politics, but I I haven't had any uh, challenges per se. Obviously, I would like to have more experience in life. Uh, there's only one way to get more experience and that is to get on the ground and do it. I'm a very much uh, grab the bull by the horns and run with it kind of guy. Uh, But I haven't found my age to be a detractor. I actually think it's a really big strength. Yes. Because it's about time, and especially in a seat like this, that we have more young people in politics that actually know the issues of their community and have the fire, the passion and the energy to stand up and fight for what they believe in. I can certainly tell that you have all of that Mm. and it is, you know, the younger generation need to probably be more aware of politics or I hope there are lots more people like you that are standing up and doing those things. You said that your family also play Mm. a part in why you chose politics. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's probably one of the key reasons why I got involved so young is because the the way I've been raised, it's always been uh, an idea of you work for everything you get. And, you know, we want to see that, uh, that end you know, come come to fruition because they've always been tradies. We're workers. Like my mum's in retail all of her life, and and dad started as an as an electrical apprentice. So, you know, we've we've always been. You work for everything you get, and so that's driven me in politics to to fight for that end. That if you know, if you want to have a go, then you can get a go. And, that's uh, very liberal. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that was my next point, and I think the Morrison government is actually working to that end as well, as we were talking about with things like small business asset write-offs, as well as lowering taxes for families and uh, relieving that cost of living pressure. I think that there's a lot of things that uh, match with my values that have been instilled with me by my mother and father and 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 others. Of Salute to mothers. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Well, Mother's Day is coming up. Everyone remember to go out and get your mum a <laughs> present and write her a card. Make her breakfast in bed that, bed that morning because, yeah. Take her out for breakfast. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Head out to your local dome or your local cafe. Support local business. Yeah. And go out, go out and, uh, and uh, thank your mum because they really are the most important, uh, you know, 
part of your life, especially as, as a child, informing your, your values. And, and relationships. Yeah, Absolutely. definitely. Yeah. I've really enjoyed talking to you. You've educated me, which I can only imagine. How do you yeah, feel? Yeah, definitely. The information is really great as, you know, as a member of this community and mm. as a resident here who will be very... And your vote is important. Absolutely. Your vote so. is important. Yeah, your vote is... Very educational. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so um, much for having I me. wish you luck. If people want to talk to you and engage with mm. you from here, how abouts do they do that? Easiest way is to contact me on Facebook. I've got a mobile number there. I've got an Millennial. email. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I've got an email there as well. Yeah. Uh, you can reach out directly via Messenger. Yeah. Um, but also, I will uh, likely be having a bit of a campaign campaign office <laughs> popping up in the in uh, coming weeks. Yeah. So uh, that'll be one way that uh, voters can actually come and uh, reach out to me yep. and uh, speak to me in person, which is w- exactly what I want to well, do. Well, if that's you want thing. things done, mm. then speak to your local member and air your issues Mm. um obviously they can provide information which Mm. you know if you see a problem do something about it exactly yeah thanks so much for joining us thanks so we've got some music coming up play some music we've got call me cruella by florence and the machine sweet